0: Travel Tidbits Podcast, hosted by the agents of Pineapple Escapes. Join us as we discuss the latest in travel news, destinations, and tips for the savvy traveler. After all, travel makes
1: life sweeter. Hello, and welcome to the Travel Tidbits Podcast. I'm Christy Shear, one of the travel agents of Pineapple Escapes and I'm joined with fellow agents Sharon Spruill and Taylor Deck. Today, we're going to discuss some of our favorite travel hacks. As frequent travelers, we've learned a thing or two about what to bring with you, navigating airports, and ways to make your journey more enjoyable. So let's jump right in. So to prepare for this episode, I've asked Sharon and Taylor to make a list of their favorite hacks based on categories of airports and flights, things to do, safety, and general travel. So we're all just gonna kind of talk through those things and discuss some of the things we have learned along the way. So starting off with airports and flights, I'm gonna throw in one of my new favorite hacks. And that is for when you go through airport security and we know you have to take your shoes off and I'm one who likes to wear sandals or something I can easily take off. So I don't normally even have on socks. So that is using disposable shoe covers to put on your feet. As you go through security, they'll allow those to go through. And that way you're not walking on the nasty, dirty airport floor. So that's something I just learned about. I actually haven't even done that yet, but I'm definitely going to start doing that. So Sharon, what about you? What's one of your good tips for airports and security?
2: Sure. It's a known fact that suitcases look alike. I mean, unless you have a neon pink with lime green with polka dots on your suitcase, when it's coming through the luggage carousel, you may struggle to find which suitcase is yours or just you're questioning yourself. So when my whole family of What 15 of us or whatever went to Disney a few years ago. My mom had this brilliant idea. She had some old ribbon left over and she took it, cut it in pieces, and tied it to all of our suitcases. So when all of our suitcases were coming around on the luggage carousel, all we had to do was look out for that yellow ribbon and it was easily spotted. It didn't matter whose suitcase we were pulling off. If it had that yellow ribbon on it, we knew it belonged to our family. And we pulled it off and then we separated once we had everything together. And that was really helpful since then. I even do it when I'm traveling just by myself. I think I still have my original ribbon on. It's getting a little old now. I need to replace it for my next trip. But if you don't have just ribbon lying around your house, which I mean, unless you're a sewer, you probably don't. So just go to your like local hobby lobby. Even Walmart has a crafting section. Pick up a spool of ribbon. And tie it to your suitcases, just on the handle, on the outside, just do a little piece with a little knot or a bow, pretty bow if you want. But then that way, when you're collecting your luggage, you can easily spot it. And it doesn't matter whether you have a red or black or brown or even blue suitcase, because now all of those are popular colors.
1: Yeah, that's we've done that for several years. And in fact, I got a new suitcase last Christmas and I hadn't put a ribbon on mine yet and the last trip I was on, my tag um, had been torn off during the flight. Luckily, I got home with the right suitcase. But yeah, that's that's a great way to easily spot those as they're coming around. I've even seen people who get these customized with like their face on them that cover their suitcase. It's like, you know. All
2: of the heavens.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever seen one of those? they Nine do this like heavens. they're like the <laughs> nylon fit oh, like a suitcase protector but they have like their face on them so you know if you want to take it to the next level you can get with that but <laughs> yeah
2: those oh, are fun my heavens
1: <laughs> what about you taylor my family uses
0: duct tape we found like the the pretty color like we have like blue polka dot duct tape that we just wrap around the handles. So Okay. Yeah, that isn't Same going concept, But yeah, it, <laughs> it works great. <laughs> yep. Something that I've really found has been helpful for me when I go to the airports is not carrying around like excessive things in my hand. I tend to set things down and then forget that it's there, especially going through, you know, TSA. My local airport has like most, it has the trams that take you to your necessary terminal. And so there's just a lot of places where it can get lost between checking in and and getting to your gate. So I've started just keeping everything on my phone super handy. Most airlines now have an app where you can download them. I typically fly Southwest. So their app is like one of the ones that's common on my phone. But You can have your boarding pass on there. And most airports now accept, you know, scanning the app feature or the QR code, and you can use both at TSA and at the gate. And then I've also started recently using my state app. Now this is gonna vary based off of which state you're in and if they've they've brought this out yet, but a lot of states have created apps that are compatible with TSA so that you can upload your state ID I don't think you can upload your passports yet, but it's really great for domestic travel because you can just use your ID, they will accept that, and that way you don't have to keep pulling out your ID when you check your luggage, when you go through TSA, you can just have everything right on your phone.
1: Yeah, that's great. I didn't know about that, so that's good to know. One thing I did witness recently, which of course if you have a minor with you, you're going to have your information on your phone, but I saw some um, situations like where couples would have one phone and they were pulling up the tickets and twice this happened. I know once was Southwest and I don't remember what the other airline, but like the gate agent was getting really irate with them because- you know, some of the time it didn't want it. They couldn't get swiped over to the other one. And so they started saying, you both need to have this on your phone. You know, they were telling the people, you need to have the, each on your phone or have your paper and boarding pass or whatever. So, and I'm one, I usually have my husband's on there because it's just easier for me to do it than he's not huge on technology and all those kind of things. But yeah, just take the time to learn how to do that. So everybody has their own boarding pass and it goes faster. Getting on that way. I'm going to go ahead, um, and this is in the airports. And one of the things I stress always to my clients is have at least a two hour layover um, if you have connecting flights. I've seen too many times where, you know, oh, it's a small airport, you know, the gates won't be far apart, it'll all be good. And, you know, it never fails when that happens, you know, that your first flight. You're waiting on one of the flight crew to get there. So you're delayed. And then you end up with boarding C-58 on Southwest and you're at the back of the plane. And you got all these people trying to get off and then you try to get to your gate. So I think, you know, unless it's just really some situation where you can't find one with at least two hours, I really recommend that just for less stress. We recently were on a um, a flight and our connection, which I try to do tr- direct flights when possible, but we had to connect. And I can't even remember where my husband and I were going. Oh, we were traveling to Pennsylvania. And it was one of those situations. We had a pretty tight layover. First flight got delayed. So we actually went up and paid an additional $40 each to be bumped up into the A boarding group so that we knew we could set at the front of the plane. And if we hadn't have done that, I don't know that we would have made it to our gate for this connecting flight because we were there just in the nick of time. So that's something I recommend.
2: Yeah. That's a I mean, good most one. yeah I, Go ahead, Taylor. Sorry.
0: <laughs> um, I was going to say a lot of times, you know, myself included, people don't want to stay in a layover too long because They just don't like the idea of just sitting there and they want to get to their final destination. But I've definitely been that person with a 45-minute layover sprinting through the airport because in my first flight, I was all the way in the back of the plane. took about 20 minutes to deplane and then I had to make it to a completely different gate in a completely different terminal to catch my next flight. So that's a good one.
1: I don't know what's happened to airplane etiquette because I know when I used to travel all the time for work, they would a lot of times announce when you landed, okay, if there are individuals who have connecting flight, please allow them to exit the plane first. But I haven't heard an airline do that for a long time. So yeah, if you're at the back of the plane, you're pretty well waiting until the whole plane has deboarded and you get your chance.
2: My last flight, they actually did that, but it was because we were late leaving out of Raleigh and there was like five or six families who they knew like, it's really going to be tight. We're really going to try to get you to your next connecting flight. And so they did come on and say, listen, you all know that some of our passengers on here have a connecting flight. It's really going to be tight. If your final destination is where, you know, I think I was flying into Orlando is Orlando. Please stay in your seat and let's get these families out so they can make their next plane. And then we will deboard you all. And I, I was fine with that. You know, it was really nice. And you could see like there was panic on these people's faces because there was, and I mean, I was taking the 5 45 AM flight out of Raleigh. So the chances that we were delayed really was on the slimmer side, but we were. And just, you know, it was appreciated by them to be able to let them do that. And I think flights pre-COVID, I mean, I was taking the 45-minute layovers. I wouldn't put a client on the 45-minute layover, but I would do it. But now I won't even touch those myself because you just never know right now. Right.
1: And I think you brought up a very good other point, Sharon, is your chances of being delayed are much less if you take those first thing in the morning flights. Because as we know, it all snowballs and one late flight leads to another to another. So another tip, you know, if you're wanting your best chances of smooth travel, do those early, early morning flights.
2: Yes. Go to bed early the night before.
1: Yes, that's right. Or don't even go to bed. Sometimes, um, with our drive and leaving early, it's 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 just kind of useless. I mean, it's more like a nap than a night's sleep.
0: You could be like me and not start packing until midnight and have to leave at three a.m. No, so Taylor, well, no three hours packing.
1: Oh my gosh, that is not a tip. We are not recommending anything. No,
0: <laughs> don't do that. I promise
1: you'll be stressed out at the airport. Don't do it. <laughs> oh, that's funny. One of the other things I'm going to throw in there is the a device called the Eustace, I think that's how you pronounce it. It's a little device you can get for if you are a traveler that has the ear pain with traveling. I recently flew with my grandson, and on the way there, we had about 30 minutes that he had some pretty bad ear pain. And it's just a little device you can buy it probably at Walmart. I know you can buy it at pharmacies. It's just a little device you pulled up to your ear and somehow it releases that pressure to get rid of it. So that is one thing. And actually, I recently experienced some ear pain when I kind of had some head congestion, and I had never experienced that before. So it is, I mean, it's pretty painful when it happens. So that's a good trick, especially if you're um, traveling with small children. I mean we can kind of sit and grit our teeth and get through it, but with kids it's another thing. So that's something I would recommend when you when you fly. Taylor Sharon, do you all have any other as far as flights or airports?
0: A big one that I guess I really learned from from working with the agency and and just being at airports a lot more is to sign up for TSA Precheck or Global Entry. We actually have another Podcast where some of our agents covered in full depth really the difference between all of those options and what their benefits are. But I signed up for TSA PreCheck. Really quick overview it's $85 and that lasts you five years. And it's the quickest turnaround to get approved versus Global Entry, which can take a couple months. But you can get approved with your known traveler number in less than a week. So that's a really nice one, especially if you're planning on traveling a lot during those high volume times like holidays, spring break, fall break, those kind of time frames where you're anticipating longer waits for TSA.
1: Right. I think it's the lines for security to me seem longer than they have ever been. I mean, Orlando has been ridiculous the last couple times I've been there. I mean, they're not even in the normal waiting area I mean they're spilling out and filling up the the middle of the whole terminal it's just crazy so oh my gosh anything you can Is do Orlando like still doing
0: the it's not pre-check but like you can basically like apply the to be added to the queue and then when you get there yeah, the, the reservation yeah. for. Are they still yeah. doing that? Yeah, so they
2: have a reservation line. It's sponsored by Clear. I mean, you still have to go through You still have to take off your shoes and all that. But there is a reservation line. I believe it's available three days prior to your departure. So it's not something you can book months in advance. I was just looking for um, my trip coming up here in a couple of weeks. And I believe it was three days because I have pre-check. I'll go through pre-check, with my rest of the family my mom and sister and all them, they don't. So I'm going to try to get them that, that reservation. I did it back that. in
0: March during spring break. And it was, it was great because the line was half the size of the other ones. So,
1: yeah. Okay. Awesome. All right. Let's move on and let's talk a little bit about some of those things that maybe we tend to forget or not think about some or some things that are just really helpful to take with us when we travel. I'll start out, and this is a trick I actually learned from Jamie, our agency owner, when I went on one of my first cruises with her, and that is to buy the magnetic hooks. The walls of the cruise cabins are magnetic, and these hooks, which I got mine off of Amazon, but they're super strong. You can put those on the cabin wall, and you can hang all kinds of things, you know, your bag, you know, where you're going to be going in and out of the room. If you have a lanyard with your, with your card in it, anything like that. So as we know, cruise cabins have come a long way. They have a lot more storage and space than they used to, but still it's nice to have that option for getting some things in easy access, but off the floor, off the surfaces in the cabin. What kind of things do you all um, like to make sure you travel with? I didn't even know that. That's so cool. I learned something new. Mm -hmm. (laughs)
2: Yep. That is really cool. So for me, I'm going to like start by first saying, don't do what Taylor does. Don't pack the night before. Instead, pack very early, (laughs) like pack several days before you actually have to leave. And that way you can live life for two or three days and remember everything that you forgot to pack. Because it's amazing that you're like, oh, you know what? I didn't pack that comb I needed (laughs) or, you know, I didn't pack the toothbrush or something like that. It's just amazing the small So hack early. But my travel hack for this actually is not something you can bring with you, but something that you should not bring with you. And it's do not bring your valuable jewelry. Leave it at home. I know we all love our engagement rings or the beautiful diamond solitaire necklace we have, but leave it at home. Instead, go on Amazon and purchase some costume jewelry. Costume jewelry over the years has really, I mean, just jumped leaps and bounds from what it used to be. And now you can buy a fake diamond ring and wear it as your engagement ring if you feel like your finger may feel naked while you're on vacation. I have a pair of cubic zirconian earrings that I pack and take with me because I always at least have earrings. I just don't travel with my engagement ring and just use, you know, my wedding band. I keep that on. And then I do have like a minimalistic necklace that I pack. So one, I don't take a bunch of jewelry with me, but even what I do take, if something happens to it and you know, Lord forbid it got lost or stolen. It's not thousands of dollars that I just lost. Instead, it may be a twenty-dollar pair of earrings. So make sure do not take your valuable jewelry.
1: Yeah, that's that's a good one. I'm guilty of that. I typically buy rings. I I never take off, so I tend to think they're safe. However, better not to travel with them. Kind of piggybacking on what you said about packing early because I'll admit I'm not an early packer. I usually pack the day before. The two things I make sure though, I make sure all the laundry's done. So I'm not going to, you know, get ready to pack the night before and there not be something there. And then I keep on my phone packing lists, depending on the type of vacation I'm going on. So I have a cruise packing list. I have a all-inclusive packing list. I have a Disney packing list. So I pretty well know, um, as long as I'm checking all the boxes on those, you know, unless something new comes up that I needed to bring and I forget it, that I'm going to have those things. So so yeah, if you are an early packer, then at least make sure you're an organized packer and know what you've got to get in there before you go out the door. That's right.
0: Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I feel I feel awful telling you guys now that I pack like literally hours before my. You're flight. not the only <laughs> one. Yeah, I, Samantha I do does Christine. it too.
2: Kristen <laughs> does it. Yeah. yeah. You're you're yeah. not the only one in the when boat. we went to and sorry we went Samantha to for last under year. the bus.
0: <laughs> when we went to Cancun last year, you guys were all asleep, getting ready for the flight the next day, and I'm there with all of my clothes folded and laid out on the, on my bed, like, am I bringing everything? This, this, day one, day two. <laughs> yeah.
1: it's Old habits die hard. So. Yeah. Yes. Samantha would say that, you know, I don't forget anything because I pack so many suitcases full that, you know, there's, there's no way I <laughs> actually packed my computer screen, my what do you call them? My my screen in a suitcase wants to take with me, <laughs> and I I learned that it didn't travel well. I would not recommend that. So that's a a do not do. But I tried it.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh, that's funny. I guess another thing to bring on the subject of you know while you're packing things, specifically you know if you're going to an all inclusive resort or, or even to Disney. I mean bringing a nice outfit with you is something that a lot of people don't think of right away, especially if they think Disney, you know, they're like, I'm going to be at the parks all day. I'm not going to want to wear something, you know, overly nice. Same with all inclusives. They're like, I'm going to be at the beach all day, but bringing a nice outfit, you never know when you're going to want to go out for a nice dinner or if a place that you've already created a reservation for has a dress code. So I always throw in either a nice outfit or, a blouse,
1: and a skirt, and some heels. Yeah, that's a good idea, especially for guys. Some of the time, it's all-inclusives. They will require a collared shirt, and we learned that the hard way. My husband and I went to a resort about a year and a half ago, and one of the restaurants we wanted to go to, the men had to wear a collared shirt, and I can't remember what we did. We came up with some ridiculous looking outfit for him that met the code. It didn't look good, but you know, we could get in the restaurant. So yeah, being prepared for that is good. Sharon, what else is on your to bring
2: list? Portable chargers, portable chargers, portable chargers. I'm not sure (laughs) I quite said it loud enough for the people in the back. So when I say portable chargers, my family of four, I usually travel with at least one for every person and then I usually have an extra one or two with me. So we're talking five to six portable chargers when we go on vacation. But this is the world we live in. If out of the four of us, three of us have cell phones, one has a Nintendo Switch, two of us have Amazon Kindles. So when you're sitting in the airport because you're there two hours early, if you have a layover, You're there another two hours. And then also while you're on the plane, your batteries are going to die. Or if you're going to Walt Disney World, I mean, you're snapping a lot of or not even just Disney, but anywhere, really, you're snapping a lot of pictures, you're taking videos. This is going to kill your battery and having that portable charger. A lot of them are lightweight now, so you can throw it in your bag and it really doesn't weigh you down. And that way you can juice it up when it needs to be juiced up. But I talked to so many people or even I've even been in Disney in line for a queue. And somebody in front of me said, excuse me, I really hate to ask you this, but by chance, do you have a portable charger? My phone is about to die. And I was like, it's your lucky day because I actually have two. And sure enough, you can use one while we wait here. You know, and so they used it to juice up their phone. And it just really amazes me how many people don't travel with one in the age of technology. Right.
1: And I found in the airport, if you're counting on charging your device at the airport, a lot of those charging places with the USB, they have been used so much. Your device can't even make connection with them. They don't 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 work work anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so don't count on that. One share? of the two airports
2: it- that I fly, yeah, one of the two airports that I fly out of, if I go to Norfolk, Virginia, their seats are so old they don't even have the charging ports. If you're not lucky enough to get one of the two seats that sits by the wall that has one right there on the wall, there is no place to charge your phone.
1: Right. Sharon, was it was it you that bought one of the chargers that you can swap out at Disney and at some of the airports?
2: Yes, I well, I do. I have um, actually. I just bought them on Amazon Prime. I have the two, and I'm going to try it on this next trip. But I think Taylor said she has tried them before.
0: Yeah, I I bought it when. So I I don't know how much it was on Amazon, but at Disney when I bought it at the time, I think it was thirty or thirty five dollars. And they have, I think, have two changeout places in each park. They have one at the very front, typically in the where the strollers are or the guest services, and then they have one kind of towards the back. I know that at Disney at Magic Kingdom, it's in Space Mountain. At Epcot, it used to be in the Test Track. I genuinely can't remember where the other ones are, but they usually have two in each park, and then you have. I see them frequently throughout the airports, but it's great. It's a little little canister. It usually does a full charge and then some, and then you can just throw it in there and a new one pops out and it's completely free. But that one's good. Once you make that purchase,
1: then you can swap it out. Okay.
0: Yeah. It's a great option if you get to
2: the parks and you don't have one. Yeah. It's my understanding that not everywhere that's free. It just happens. Disney is free. I think I remember like seeing some of these stations like in the airport and you had to pay a fee to swap out. So that's I was yeah on this next trip. I'm trying to be aware of, OK, where are they at? And does this place charge and does this place not charge? And because I've heard people, I mean, people love these and I've never used them. And I'm like, OK, well, here we go. We're going to try something new.
0: Yeah. I, I don't know about airports. I've actually never swapped them out of airports. I've seen them there, but I usually only use it when I go to Disney. But even then, um, I mean, I'll still carry another one on me because the, the thing about that one that they sell at Disney, it doesn't tell you a, a charge indicator. So
1: you really don't know how much battery you have left and it just doesn't work anymore. So oh yeah, that's unfortunate, especially if where you get the new one is like on the other side of the park. So, yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I'll be, I'll be, um, anxious to see how
2: that goes, Sharon. Yeah. I'm going to take my other oh, one, the one that I love so much. I'm going to take it with me just in case I need it. But the goal is to only try to use these fuel rods while I'm there. So, I think Amazon Prime Day, I think I got two of them for $20. And that's really like, it was such a good deal that I was like, okay, I feel like I've, I've got to try this out. So we'll see. Right, right. Well, that is a good deal. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: Taylor, what about you? Do you have another to add?
0: The only other thing that I put for to bring is cash. I feel like that's a given, but also a lot of people, you know, don't want to carry cash around with them. What happens though is you get somewhere, and especially if you are traveling cruise wise, you'll dock at a port. And then you get off and a lot of these places, especially if it's a local port, they only accept cash at those local vendors. And then if you don't have cash, you have to go to an ATM, which typically you pay your bank's ATM fees. And then they usually have their own ATM fees. And it's just more of a hassle than it's worth. So I I usually carry around and I break my bills. So I have, you know, 20s, I have fives, I have ones in case you know, I ever need to just get out. Smaller bills, but I just carry that. I just carry like a little bag of cash, and I usually keep the rest of it in the hotel room, you know, tucked in my luggage, and bring out only the cash that I'm anticipating on using that day. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, I especially yeah have lots of small bills because what I found is some of the local vendors, you know, if if you have a twenty, they don't have cash for a twenty. You know, your item was five dollars, so sorry, you don't have have uh, any change to give you. So definitely on that. My last one I have to throw in here is specific to Universal Parks. But that is when you go to the Universal Parks is to wear a fanny pack rather than a backpack drawstring type bag or something like that. I think we've all learned this as we've made several trips to Universal a lot of their attractions require you to put your backpack or bag into a locker. And that just takes extra time getting into those lockers. Sometimes it's congested in those areas, getting your bag put in there and then, you know, backtracking to get in line. But the fanny pack type bags, they will let you take on the attraction. So when you go to Universal, definitely try to travel light and put what you need in that bag so you're not constantly running to the lockers to put your back uh, bag up in between rides.
0: Christy, do you know with the fanny pack pack, I know that some of them now have the metal detectors and they're specifically looking for cell phones. Is it okay if you still bring your cell phone in the fanny pack? Is that still allowed or will they still make you put that away?
2: To go on to the ride, yeah. yeah. You mean, hmm. So the two rides that have I the um, that. T- the two rides that have metal detectors, you actually have to put all bags in a locker. It's Hulk. So Hulk, you have to actually put it in the lockers right there and then VelociCoaster. I really love VelociCoaster because as you're entering the queue, you still can have your bag and the lockers are part of the queue that you'll go through. So you'll go through the queue, you'll get to the locker room, you'll put your stuff in, you'll keep your lanyard with your ticket or, you know, with your pass in it and just tuck it into your shirt then you keep going through the queue, ride the ride. When you get off the ride, the lockers are two doors. So then you'll unlock it on the other side. So there aren't people trying to come in and out all in the same room. And then Hulk has the lockers right outside of that. But the only thing you can take with you is that lanyard with your key card and it has to be tucked into your shirt.
0: Gotcha. So for those two, we should still be put it. But I like that because then you can go on other rides like what are some other ones that the harry potter forbidden yeah. forest mm-hmm. the hagrid's motorbike i mean those ones it's optional to put stuff away but they request it if you're carrying something larger
2: yeah if you have if it's not a fanny yeah. pack then you have to store it away for all those other rides i think i've seen people get creative they have like a those purses, like those body purses that they try to tie them around their waist to create it into a fanny pack. Sometimes it actually has worked. I'm like, okay, that was creative. I don't know how you did that, but that worked. And other times it's like, no, we just need to put it in a locker.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I've seen them call people out of line. So they there's no no sneaking it on there. They will, they will find you if you try to get on with yes. something you shouldn't. Okay. Either of you have any other must brings on your list? No, I think that was it for me. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, I guess I had one more I'll throw in before we move on is if you're going on a cruise, all inclusive, those kind of things, take an insulated cup with you. As you know, they generally serve drinks in a plastic cup that, you know, if you're in those warm areas, you've had it two seconds and it's already melting and warm. So it's really nice to have an insulated cup with you that you can just put those drinks in and you can sit by the pool and enjoy them and not worry about them getting warm too quickly. So next thing I have on my list is safety. And one of the things that, and this is a purchase that I just purchased to take and I have not tried it yet, is a device for your hotel rooms and it it slides under your door and if the pressure from it is released, like somebody opens the door, it makes an alarm. So, you know, if somebody's coming in your room, doesn't do anything if you're out of the room. But, you know, me, I'm more concerned about if I'm in the room and somebody comes in. So that's my first one. And like I said, I haven't tried it out, but I'm taking it on my next trip.
0: Very
2: interesting. Interesting.
0: I, Christy, um, are you able to link that into the
1: where, where you purchased it into like the notes below the episode yeah I will I will get with Selena and make sure we can get that added to our list of travel things through Amazon and and get that link mm-hmm. in there that's cool yeah yeah
0: I so I think you know of all
1: of us in all of our travels yeah I don't think I've heard of any of us having any bad experiences but you know it's kind of nice to have that extra measure and with us a lot of the times you know we're females sometimes traveling alone or staying in our own room and things like that. So it's just nice to, to have that little extra thing. And, you know, I think the alarm is enough that if somebody was coming into your room, it would, the noise would scare them off. So
2: mm-hmm.
1: Sharon, what are you got? What are some, some of your favorite safety hacks?
2: So safety hacks for this, I mean, and this is just really, I think a simple one in turns and that is make copies of everything. I always make two copies of our passports, our driver's license, our credit cards front and back, our reservations, our travel insurance, all of that. We take a copy with us. So when we're in the airport, it's just in our backpack. And then we store it in the lockbox, either in the hotel room or wherever we're at in the lockbox. But then we also leave one at home for our emergency contact. So if something happens, if God forbid if our credit cards were stolen or something like that, the first thing we would need to do is call the credit card company. It's hard to call the credit card company like if you don't have the number and the fastest way to find the number is on the back of the credit card, which you no longer have. So just having a copy of everything, all your documentation. I mean, if something happened to our passports and we needed to go to a consulate, you know, or something like that, just again, having a copy of it, it's going to make things a lot faster if an emergency was to happen. And like I said, we take one and we leave one at home.
1: Mm-hmm. I always do a paper copy. I also take a picture on my phone. So I've got that there. And then I also email those to myself. And that way, mm-hmm. If you ever get in a situation where you don't have your phone, you don't have any of your things on any computer that you can open your email on, you can get access to those things. So
2: yeah, good idea just to keep those things just in case. That's right. I mean, we don't want the emergencies to happen, but sometimes they do and it's better to be prepared. Taylor,
1: what do you have as far as safety?
0: So one that I've been seeing more and more often is traveling with an anti-theft bag or backpack. There's a lot of companies now that sell them and they they range in price. But I, I recommend this if you're gonna be out walking around a lot, especially in like the local city, if you're traveling internationally where you could really stick out as a tourist. They have extra measures put into them to prevent easy access somebody to get into your backpack and take something without you noticing. So they usually have a little bit heavier padding to them. The zippers are concealable, so it's harder for somebody to you know, find the zipper in the first place to open it. And they have a lot of extra hidden pockets for things like your wallet, your phone, any personal documents, stuff like that. So I highly recommend one of those, especially if you're traveling internationally, but also if you're just planning on walking around quite a bit,
1: not in a more touristy area. Right. Yeah, I know when we went to Europe, we purchased the little, they're the wallets that strap on you that you put around your waist and they go under your shirt. They're not like the full fanny pack we were talking about, but more just the little flat thing to put your cards and cash and those kind of things. So yeah, those are a good thing to Oh, have. I have one of those. Yep. <laughs> one thing I'm going to throw out there is because, you know, Uber, Lyft, those types of services you know, I think we use those a lot. I love them. I remember the days of trying to hail a taxi and you kind of felt ridiculous trying to wave them down. So I love that we have this option now. But it's to just make sure whenever that person pulls up to get you that you're looking at your app, that you're verifying their license plate and the car type and those kind of things. I also, you'll see when they pick you up, it, it ha- you have the ability to share your trip with somebody else. So, no matter where I am, my daughters will get this notification that, um, and I, I send it to them, not my husband, because my husband would be like, what the heck is this? What am I supposed to do with it? So I send it to my daughters and it's just a nice little safety thing to have. I think, I know I typically use Uber and I've, I've had good experience always except for once. Once I got in one in Chicago and uh, I was trying to get, it was a long story, but we had Our flight had got canceled. We couldn't get a flight for two days. And so we decided to take Amtrak to a station that's about an hour from our home. And we're trying to get there early morning, and the Uber driver comes to pick us up. And I don't know if it was her first day on the job or what, but as we're pulling out of the hotel, she's asking me which direction she needs to turn to go to the Amtrak station. And I was like, I have no idea. I don't I don't live here. You know, this is why I hired you. And so we're then going on the Adelaide Stevenson Expressway or whatever. And she's trying to pull up directions on her phone. And I'm like a nervous wreck because she won't quit looking at her phone. And so I finally said, hey, I'll pull them up on my phone and I'll tell you where to go. So I'm in the backseat giving her directions on how to get there. So that was not a good experience. I did not give her a good rating, but Typically, other times I've had a good, a good experience with
2: that. Wow, that's something right there.
1: <laughs> yeah, it only added to the whole fiasco of the trip. We kind of referred to it as the planes, trains, and automobiles because actually we were on all three forms of that transportation on that trip. So,
2: <laughs> oh my heavens. it was
1: a <laughs> it was a work trip, I guess. It, at least it wasn't one for you know, vacation and to get away and to be away from stress because it definitely was not a stress-free travel experience. But yeah, do you guys have other safety
2: things? I think just, I mean, the best thing you can do is make sure you purchase travel insurance. I already this year have had to submit a couple of claims. I have personally not had the best run with (laughs) travel, but the second half of the year is turning around, but I mean, make sure you have travel insurance. I'm also currently looking into something called AirMed. Jamie had shared this with us with the agents at Pineapple Escape. So I'm looking into that. Actually, while we were sitting here talking to you earlier, I wrote down, hey, podcast idea. I wonder if Jamie can put together an episode of AirMed because I had never heard of this and I'm sure others haven't. So that may be a good podcast idea.
1: Right, right. I mean, being prepared, it's when you're, you know, if you're prepared, it's like things don't happen. If you're not prepared, that's when things go downhill. Yes. My other things I added are related to traveling with kids. And one is just that precaution, which is kind of any, whether you're going here or going to the mall is be very cautious about having your kids' names, having them wearing personalized items with their names, because We just know it's much easier for a child to be enticed if somebody is using their name and they assume, oh, this person knows me because they know my name. The other, which we used when we went to Disney last year with two of my my grandkids, they have a ton of energy, obviously much more than I have. And so, you know, when you're in a crowd, kids can easily get away from you. So I had ordered off of Etsy these little skin tattoos to go on their arm. Um, They were really cute. They you could get any kind of character. We got Mickey and Minnie Mouse and they said, you know, if lost, please call and had my son in law's phone number on it. So that if something happened and they got away from us and somebody found it was very easily, you know, we taught them, told them, you know, if you get lost from a, you know, show somebody this on your arm kind of thing. So, of course, go to a cast member is the first thing, but it was just nice to have that little extra on there so that that was there in case they did wander away. We didn't have to use it, thank goodness, but it was there.
2: So does, do they last like several days? Like, I mean, I guess when they were showering, does it come off? So you'd have to reapply every day or?
1: We didn't have to every day, probably every couple days. But when you got them, they came in a packet of like 20 or something. So you did have several in there as you needed to reapply them. So, yeah, it was kind of like the old, you know, tattoos. You laid it on there and then you had the, you just took a warm cloth and rubbed over it and it, you know, adhered to their skin. So. I mean, I guess you could also use a permanent Sharpie if you're like, I don't want to order those. Just write it down their arm.
2: (laughs) Hey, they end up finding the markers anyway, right? And coloring on themselves. (laughs) They'll just think it's fun. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. They can draw their own Mickey Mouse on their personalize. That's right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Anything else for safety? (laughs) Okay, we are going to move on to our last category which is just some general travel things. One of the things I'm going to put out there is going back to those shoe covers again that I mentioned for going through security. And that is to use those to put on your shoes when you put them in your luggage. You know, it's kind of like cringe when you put, I I used to use a, just a Walmart bag to wrap them up because, you know, we our shoes are exposed to so much stuff. We don't even want to think about it. But you can use those disposable shoe covers, slip them on your shoes when you put them in your suitcase. And that way you don't have the soles of your shoes all over your things, all over your suitcase, those kind of things.
2: Yeah, that's a good idea. So my hack for this, just the general category, if you have kids, is to color coordinate. And this is going to make me sound a little OCD, and I promise I'm not, but this happens <laughs> yes, Okay, maybe a little, but But my boys have matching suitcases. They have these like huge duffel bag suitcases that are just alike. To be honest with you, I'm not quite sure what I was thinking when I bought them because you can't tell the difference. And so when we're taking a big trip, you know, they're packed away in their suitcase that we're flying, you know, things like this. On our first trip, to Walt Disney World, we were going for over a week. So we had like five suitcases among all of us. And I just knew when we were going to get there, you know, as we're giving stuff to Bell Services so we can start our vacation because our room wasn't ready, that I would need to go and pull out something from one of their suitcases. And it just happened that when I, I decided, OK, I'm going to buy them packing cubes and I'm going to get them in two different colors. So when I open their suitcase, that's how I will know that this is Eli's suitcase because he has the blue packing cubes. Well, then I went to go purchase the suitcase locks for them. And it just happened that when I searched in Amazon, the same colors as their packing cubes popped up. So I was like, okay, well, their locks and their packing cubes match. So that was perfect. Then I went again, and purchase them like backpacks for their carry-on. Again, when I did the search for the travel backpack, the same color popped up. So they ended up, it was really a fluke. They color coordinated, but it was nice because we were in the airport and I think Rayleigh had left his book bag on the seat. And my mom was like, whose book bag is this? And I could just tell automatically, oh, that's Rayleigh's because it's green. You know, he forgot his or if I needed, okay, I need Eli's suitcase, the lock on the outside. Oh, that one's Eli's because it's blue. And it was just really nice. We've actually have, you know, reused all these several times and they've kept the same colors for my brain. So I didn't get confused. And it's been nice just to be able, this color is this kid and it's that way across the board And I can just grab something quickly based off of that color if I needed it.
1: That's a good idea. I'm laughing to myself, Sharon. I'm picturing now their clothes for when you travel, the (laughs) one's going to wear blue every day
2: and the other one's going (laughs) to wear green or whatever. That's the next step. Very tempting. (laughs) The teenager, I don't think, is going to go for that (laughs) unless his color is black and then maybe he
0: would.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Taylor, what about you?
0: A big one for me that I've been doing for like the last hmm, probably like year and a half. I use packing cubes beforehand. I used to just pack everything and then like bring like, like a trash bag to put like my Dirty clothes, but I like the packing cubes because you can organize things however people want to organize them. You can organize them by day, you can organize them by type of clothing. And then when you get to the hotel, you know, a lot of people like to remove their stuff and set it up in the hotel. It's nice because you kind of just know where everything is. You can either leave them in the packing cubes and just set them out in the drawers or just take them out of the packing cubes and then. When you're done using stuff, you know there's usually like different sizes of packing cubes. You can put all your dirty laundry in like one big one so that it's still like separated in your luggage when you go back home from the rest of everything, so.
1: I know several of our agents use those and I'm gonna have to have one of you teach me the skill because I bought some, but I, I have trouble. I haven't really used them because I feel like, and maybe it's, I don't have enough of the right sizes because I feel like, There's one size I tend to like, but then I've got these bigger ones and these smaller ones that I don't know what to do with. So yeah, I need some, some help with those, but I know, yeah, a lot of people really love those. My last one, we're running out of time that I want to put out there is if you're going to Disney, get Genie Plus. There's a lot of people who say, oh, it's not worth it. My tip is get Genie Plus but you have to know how to use it and how to work Genie Plus. So I guess the other side of that, if you're not going to invest a little time learning how it works before you go, it may not be worth your time. But that's something, if you use one of the Pineapple Escapes travel agents, you know, we have tips and tricks and we've visited multiple times. We've figured out all those pieces for you to make it really easy for you to understand how to use. But it really can help you make the most out of your day. And, and I think out there, you know, on the internet, you can find anything, but I'll see a lot of people commenting about not use it. It's a waste of time, all those kind of things. But I think it's really just because they're not using it properly. If you do use it the right way, it really can contribute and make for a, a good trip. So actually, that's not my last tip. My last tip, and I think our biggest one we would all agree on, is to use a travel agent when you travel. We um as travel agents, you know, work really hard to make your trip personalized to you, to give you all those tips and tricks. I mean, when I was thinking about this whole podcast, we could probably make this a 10-part series because I think we could all go on and on and on of different tips as frequent travelers that we have come across that really do make your trip better and easier. So when you use a travel agent, we do all that hard work for you. We give you tips you need, let you know if you're going out of the country, um, help you with what entry requirements are, exit requirements. We have packing lists. We have a whole booklet if you're going to Disney um, on things to do and and make sure that you're um, doing all these things to have the best trip. So That, in closing, would kind of be my biggest tip for anybody here. So if you're ready to plan your next vacation, you can find all of our Pineapple Escapes agents on the web at www.pineapplescapes.com. This site includes a link to all the travel tidbits episodes, plus some information about all our agents with links to our social media so you can choose the agent that you think would work best with you. So we'd love to have you join our community. So thanks and have a great day. Bye. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode of the Travel Tidbits podcast hosted by Pineapple Escapes. Travel makes life sweeter. Let the experts help you plan a vacation with lasting memories. We'd love to help you plan your next vacation
0: and have you join our community. You can find us on the web at www.pineapplescapes.com and on Facebook and Instagram at Pineapple Escapes.
1: This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM Network. Sound Advice
0: FM. Women's voices amplified.